Guys, it is another illustrious episode of the Quincy Jones Show podcast. I am your host, Quincy Jones. Go and let's just get into it, man, because I got about a mountain of wrestling news to get into, uh, and not just from WWE, uh, all across the board, man. So let, let me get into it. And you may have heard us talk about a little bit about this already. Um, I was a guest on the Masters of Universe uh, podcast and live stream earlier this Monday while we were watching, uh, we're following. Uh, Monday Night Raw, so there was a quite a bit that we were able to discuss as well. Uh, always good to be able to discuss some uh, some wrestling with some uh, good company, man. But um, yeah, man, let's get into it. So, Impact Wrestling and Access TV deal. Let, let, let's get into it because I know there's a lot of people blowing up over this. Some of the uh, actual necessary details are getting a little bit mixed up as far as what this means for Impact. Um, and you know, otherwise Anthem, which is the, you know, the parent company that owns impact wrestling right now. So, uh, let me get into it, man. Um, the owner of Anthem parent company to impact wrestling has now acquired a, a majority stake in access TV, which includes access TV and HD net movies. Um, for those that are not familiar, HD net, uh, the LLC is the parent company in which, uh, distribution for uh, access TV and HD movies actually falls under. So uh, while uh, Anthem will be partnering uh, partnering up with uh, access TV founder Mark Cuban, uh, however, they will be assuming the uh, operating management uh, responsibilities of both channels. And uh, this uh, deal also includes access to, no pun intended, access TV's uh, extensive library of owned uh, programming featuring wrestling, MMA, uh, also entertainment content, and uh, it's also been officially confirmed because a lot of people were, you know, automatically making the uh, the jump to assumption, but it has been confirmed officially that Impact Wrestling will now be uh, calling Access TV home as they join uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling as well as uh, Women Are Wrestling and uh, various MMA shows that are already featured on the network. Um, and it is also confirmed that they'll be making the move from uh, their former Pursuit channel, which was owned, uh, again, by Anthem. Um, and they will be making their very first episodic debut on Access as far as Impact Wrestling is involved. Uh, following their Bound for Glory pay-per-view, which will be in Chicago October 20th. It's kind of weird. There's a lot of, like, and, and I just got to say this. There's been a lot of uh, uh, focus on Chicago and just everyone getting a new deal or other companies getting on TV and it's all circulating uh, it's all circ on TV and it's all circulating around like September October date so it's just kind of weird that all this is happening at the same time um but you know congrats to Impact Wrestling I mean we were again talking about it on the Moti podcast they've had a little bit of trouble you know they had a great deal with Spike they were doing a lot of things trying to move from the, the destination uh, America channel, and then they, you know, they tried their uh, their hand with you know Pop TV, which obviously was not covered or, or carried by every uh, major cable you know uh, 
provider. So, you know, they, they were kind of like shooting themselves in the foot. With, I mean, they, every time they would make a, a move that seemed progressive or step in the right way, they, it would be something else that would just, you know, kind of drag their viewership down or just their overall, uh, you know, projection of their appearance and just how what it looked like you know it looked like that business wasn't being taken care of in-house so it just led to a lot of people you know kind of already i don't say quitting on them but you know when they were making these quote-unquote big moves to like the pop tvs and the destination americas there wasn't a whole lot of support following it because it was almost uh it almost mirrored uh the way people were, were reacting to AEW, you know calling them the glorified t-shirt company and no uh tna or impact wrestling is not a glorified t-shirt company but they were like you know it was a, a very much on the same tone of like i believe it when i see it type of thing right so and because most people couldn't see it and they couldn't watch it or to tune in and, and actually you know see it to believe it and then it just led to a quite a, fair, a bit of downfall as far as support uh going towards the impact wrestling brand they have since rebuilt their brand with not only just having top quality matches but you know top quality talent and you know, just kind of giving them a little bit more freedom than, than we've seen before. And obviously a lot uh, of steam coming off of, you know, Sammy Callahan, a lot of steam coming off of Tessa Blanchard uh, and their big match that uh, that happened, I believe, at Slammiversary earlier this year. So um, there's been, a, a you know, just a, a reoccurrence of uh, fans getting back into the product, getting back into uh, their talent and, and exactly what they're about. So, again, man, uh, it's always good news to see. Uh, just wrestling growing. I mean, even if it's outside of AEW and immediately outside of WWE, um, it's it's good. It's it's more places for the boys to work, and it's just more variety, right? So, uh, moving on to more non WWE news. Uh, this is small, but it was worth noting because I, I thought it was something that wasn't you know too uh, you know bring you know brought out of proportion, but I seem this this is a, actually a pretty big issue. Uh, Cody Rhodes, a.k.a. Cody of AEW, uh, and as well as a few uh, representatives of AEW have uh, issued an apology for uh, participating in a controversial, quote-unquote, post-match celebration uh, during his appearance for uh, AAA Mania. He was competing in a match uh, alongside uh, partners uh, Psycho Clown, which is a main staple in AAA, as well as uh, former UFC heavyweight champ Cain uh, Velasquez, uh, in which after the match, you know, all three were chanting the word puto uh, along with the crowd. Um, Cody said that he believed that he was participating in uh, what he thought to be a traditional post-match celebration in Mexico, had no idea about the words uh, underlying homophobic connotations. Um, I've heard the word used, and, you know, I have several friends of, of different circles, different colors, different backgrounds, upbringings. I mean, you know what I mean? What, at one point when I was 19, my best friend t at 21, uh, you know, my, my friend was of Mexican descent. And, you know, we would just curse at each other, whether it's in English, whether it's in Spanish, whether we were, you know, doing both, doing a little bit of Spanglish. You know, I learned a lot of different stuff and, and also learned at the same time how to know when people were calling me things or, you know, talking crap about me. Or if there's a situation I hear a certain word, I need to get remove myself out the situation because something's gonna happen. So you know, I, I just, I've learned different things, right? Um, I've been called puto. I've been you know I've thrown it back at people before, but I thought it was like you know, like how friends like, oh you're a bitch and you know yada yada yada, you a pansy. But yeah, I I mean it was a little bit of a learning experience for me as well because I guess this is more along the lines of like calling someone like a pansy, like a girly man making fun of someone for that it's it, it, so it's it's a little bit deeper than that but i'm not going to waste uh airtime you know going so deep on, on a on a word that is obviously uh offensive and disrespectful for a certain group of people 
Cody, obviously one of the, the, the main guys that are, has been, you know, heralding this, you know, inclusion of, for everybody, AEW, all elites for everybody. So, you know, for those, you know, I feel like a lot of people were putting a little bit too much on this incident saying that this, you know, made them look like it took a major step down or step back from that, you know, uh, uh, over overly uh i mean that's been kind of like their 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 mission statement since the jump right so a lot of people are kind of taking you know kind of burying cody for this and whatnot but um there is a little bit of seriousness to this stuff uh you know quite a few athletic organizations have cracked down on the use of that chant heavily uh in fact two separate soccer matches one in uh, france the other in brazil both were suspended last month uh per updated fifa guidelines due to the fans using that chant during the game um, also, uh, Mexico's own soccer federation has incurred, uh, quite, you know, a bit of fine after fine after fine from the FIFA due to the use of the chant by their fans. So although this issue may be kind of brand new to us and our audiences, uh, this controversy is not new to the culture and just when it comes to the audience and, and, and just, just the, the offensive, you know, of nature and, and basically a lot of sports federations are taking this stuff seriously, you know, so you know, the chant uh, to, you know, most is a normal occurrence uh, for those that attend AAA events and are fans of Psycho Clown, who uses the uh, the chant quite a bit in his matches for uh, for AAA. Um, but, you know, who knows, man? I mean, also, we just heard, uh, I mean, at least I heard, but if you guys saw uh, All Out two weeks ago, uh, I guess two weekends ago now. Um, but, yeah, Pentagon also can be heard yelling the same word. Uh, during the Escalera de la Morte match, uh, ladder match against the Young Bucks at All Out, so I don't know, man. It's it's you know it's kind of weird that, that we, you know we did get that and it was loud on TV and then you know didn't seem like anybody had any negative uh, reaction to it though. You know who knows? Uh, I, I don't read all the tweets in the world at you know regarding uh, post AEW uh, pay per views and events and all that. So who knows? Maybe someone did get offended. We don't know. But uh, it is worth noting that uh, Cody uh, and AEW did issue apology for this. They obviously want to be in the best graces of everyone that, you know, could be a potential supporter of what they're building in AEW. And they don't, you know, they're not trying to offend or hurt anybody at any point at any time. So, um, you know, kudos and hats off to Cody and AEW for trying to get, uh, you know, in front of it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people weren't really complaining about it in the states as so much as it probably was an issue you know down south for mexico and mexican fans and stuff like that so you know we'll have to see if there's any other fallout from this i doubt it like i said it seems like they're you know very genuinely uh apologetic about the situation especially from a situation where i i would you know i would bet that not a lot of uh majority of AEW fans even saw the footage to be upset about it yet but uh, you know, kudos to them. Again, at least they get in front of it and they want to make it known that, hey, this is where we're at. This is our stance and this is not what we meant. This is not our intention. This is not what we stand for. This is what we stand for and we stand by that, you know. So, but, uh, you know, speaking of the Escalera de la Muerte ladder match, um, interesting enough, and, you know, this is real quick, but, you know, you had Uncle Dave Meltzer basically put out a tweet saying that this ladder match between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers was, I can't remember if he said it was better or as good, but he put it in a comparative statement next to the WrestleMania 17 TLC match between the Dudley Boys, Hardy Boys, and Edge and Christian. I, for one, can't agree. Um, I probably was like 14, 15 when that match happened. Um, you know, WrestleMania 17. So all that stuff is 100% brand new to me. And it, it was 100% a spectacle to watch. And, you know, it 
you can't just like you can't beat or describe that feeling of that first one, right? Because even after they came out with you know the, the the few TLC matches after it, they still didn't stack up. But you saw like you appreciated the efforts being put in to make every match different from the last or the very first one to make it stand out in different various ways, different spots, or even less spots. You know what I mean? But I I mean look. I was there at All Out Live. I can sit up there and also tell you that the energy for this match was crazy. But at the same time, I've been there for a lot of Young Buck matches. And they are all, always, like, the energy is always just crazy. You know what I mean? Um, I was there for uh, Ring of Honor, uh, the I believe it was the 14th or the 15th anniversary, where they took on the Hardy Boys uh, in, a, in essentially a, a TLC match. But, I mean, it, they can't call it a TLC match or Ring of Honor. But saw that live. You know what I mean? The Hardy Boys were there, and this was a couple, you know, I think like a few months before they showed up at WrestleMania. Uh, but still, it's like, do you know what to expect when you see like the Young Bucks on paper, especially depending on who their opponents are and if there's a stipulation. So, you know, even on the Moti podcast, I was talking to Ty, and I, you know, we were we had difference of opinion, which is fine. I mean, that's that's what makes uh, wrestling fans and and the relationship between us healthy. You know what I mean? We're not all robots, so. But he was arguing that there wasn't a lot of psychology in this match. I was arguing that there didn't need to be psychology in this match. And it, not because it's a ladder match, but because it's a Young Bucks match. And let me get even deeper with that. Because I've been heralding the, the the Young Bucks trying to get a little bit more deeper in the pocket as far as their storytelling uh, with their matches. You know, not even just this year, but a little bit of last year as well. Um, but... It's a ladder match. And when you look at the people that are across the ring from him, you know what I mean? Like the Lucha Bros, all they do is like, I mean, it's no fear. That is, you know, Zero Miedo. It's, it's you know, send a theme song. Then you got the Young Bucks, especially a guy like Slick Nick, who literally knows nothing about like, you know, throwing caution to the wind. He is the wind, you know what I mean? So when I see these two teams on paper and you put a ladder in between them, like I'm not expecting a huge storytelling bit um, I mean, especially because they've already wrestled. This is their third time wrestling against each other for those titles. I just felt like the story was, you know, the first team to get to the titles. And, I mean, again, I, I've been there to a Young Bucks match live, and it's it's you go for the spots. You go for the spots. You know it's going to be lit. And especially when you got someone like Phoenix. And, and that's the other thing, too, is I was trying to explain is, like, a lot of people wanted to see that kind of match because of the fact that Phoenix was still so much up in the air until that weekend, it was he was confirmed that he was wrestling. Um, you know, we, even then, we were thinking that he was going to be wrestling a more protective style because, you know, his leg was banged up and there was no information on how long it was banged up or how long he's been nursing it, you know. But I think when we knew that Phoenix was a lock, you know, especially following the news that Moxley left, uh, or not left, but, he could, you know, he couldn't participate in his original match with uh, Kenny Omega, uh, I think we were all just like, okay, we don't want this match to get changed too, you know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, you know, as soon as we knew that Phoenix was locked in, Pentagon was locked in, the Young Bucks obviously were there. I don't know. Again, you know, if you guys felt differently, at me. And, you know, I, I would love to talk about it. I would love to talk about it, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like it, it didn't need, uh, you know, an overload of psychology. Uh, one thing that the, uh, that Edge and Christian did say uh, to comment on that match on their own podcast, uh, I believe the words that Edge used was it was like a car crash spectacular. But... Uh, his nitpick was that I believe he said that the, the the Lucha Bros never once like climbed the ladder or tried to attempt to retrieve the belts, which 
when I think back on it, you know, there were spots I remember where, you know, whether it was Penta or Phoenix on the ladder, but then I'm thinking, no, they didn't climb up there by themselves. They climbed to stop one of the bucks. So he's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you get, there may have been maybe one attempt, but you know, he was even saying at least with the young bucks, you can verbally hear him like, no, oh, go climb, go climb, go get it, go get it. You know? So, uh, basically projecting, uh, that urgency that, that is needed for a ladder match, especially when you got, it's bad enough when it's one-on-one, but now you got two other guys, you, you know, it's a two-on-two match. So there's more guys involved. There's, you know, you could be down, your partner could be down and then, you know, your opponent's, could be up and you know there's a a definite uh place of urgency there so i mean at least what they have to portray as far as making sure this match plays out as important as it's supposed to be on tv right so um but you know keeping up in the vein of tag team wrestling nwa tag team wrestling to be exact we have new nwa tag team champions man and i'm very proud to congratulate this man one half of the uh one percent and he's been featured for Rival Pro Wrestling quite a few times. Been wanting to get these guys in for an interview. I'm sure we'll work something out soon. But shout out to Royce Isaacs, man. Uh, he actually teamed up with Thomas Latimer, a.k.a. the former Bram of Impact Wrestling. And uh, they took on uh, Villain Enterprises' own PCO and Brody King, who were the current NWA Tag Team Champions. Uh, and they took them on in a winning effort to crown themselves new NWA Tag Team Champions. At uh, Ring of Honor's Global Wars pay-per-view in Chicago. Again, there goes another throwback to Chicago. Uh, PCO and Brody King won uh, the titles earlier this year while competing in the Crockett Cup. But uh, due to Ring of Honor and NWA ending their working relationship back in July, this seems more of a move to finally get the titles off the ROH guys, put it on another team that will no doubt do great things in the NWA tag team division. Again, shout out to my man Royce Isaacs, man. The gold looking good on you, bro. The gold is looking good. Uh, moving on, now we're finally going to get into some WWE stuff on the, on the docket of news here. Uh, let's start off small. Um, and this is not a shot or a shade. Um, we've been getting some updates on Sarah Logan and Dana Brooke. Uh, both uh, women's wrestlers have been assigned to the Raw roster but have not been seen on WWE TV in quite some time. But uh, from what I've been uh, speculating, and uh, obviously I can only grasp at straws here because I, I don't follow everything every week, but I've been told they've been having quite a bang-up feud uh, being featured on WWE main event lately. They've been having quite a bit of uh, matches back and forth. Uh, but the two women recently uh, vented out their frustrations with having these matches together but not being able to have them, you know, having that exposure on, on actual TV. They actually both uh, tweeted out, about trying to get their feud or at least one of their matches uh, to be featured on Monday Night Raw. Um, and honestly, kudos. I mean, because I feel like a lot of underutilized talents don't use their platform. Uh, in, in a, I mean, I feel like a lot a lot of them are a little bit either con, uh, a little bit too content or they're a little bit, I don't want to say scared, but, you know, they, they just want to keep their position, right? A lot of people feel like once you speak up, then you're on the radar for the wrong reason. Um, you know, you look at guys at Leo Rush, which, you know, shout out to Leo Rush. Um, I haven't seen him in so long. Actually, uh, I think he just released another music video for another single he's been working on. So, you know, nice to know that he's still, you know, getting his creative side out, though I know he would love the Russell right now. Uh, but, you know, again, that's just one example out of a few the past couple of years. So uh, interesting enough to see that these two women are actually trying to uh, take the Twitter and uh, use their own uh, social media platform, get people to rally behind them to try to, you know, get some changes made, you know, and honestly, you know, 
I'm not going to sit here and say that I'd be super excited to see a match between Sarah Logan and Dana Brooke, but I am a Sarah Logan fan. And Dana Brooke, you know, we've been wanting to get better. We'll never know if she is getting better if we don't see her on TV. And, and I mean, last uh, I've heard, I can't remember the person that said it, but they were, you know, talking about how Dana Brooke is one of the hardest working people backstage, you know. So, um, and again, I just hope it's not another one of those uh, cases where, you know, you got a person that's doing everything that they can across the board, but they're still just, you know, kind of being held at the position that, you know, the upper management wants to see him at and nothing more, nothing less, you know. So, uh, but let's get into Raw, man. And we're not going to get into everything here. We're just going to get into the good stuff. Uh, Austin 316 comes back. Starts the night off strong. Had a hell of a uh, segment with uh, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. I actually love the fact that he actually was able to tell that story. Well, you know, he had to edit it down a bit, but he talked about that story. He got knocked out in the garden. And, uh, you know, he had to get uh, Earl Hebner to (laughs) tell him where he was at. Damn, boy, you in the fucking garden. Uh, but, you know, of course, that's not how he said it. But uh, another thing that would surprise me was that he was able to use uh, Earl Hebner's name. I mean, then again, he doesn't really, quote unquote, work for WWE. Uh, I don't believe he's under contract with WWE. I'm sure he has some sort of loose Legends contract, if anything. Um, they don't own his name. So, I mean, he, he changed, he legally changed his name to Steve Austin. So, who knows? Uh, but I, I say that to say that, you know, we've also seen The, the Rock you know, call CM Punk, you know, off the air. And, I mean, he's been back since. So, I don't think it's, you know, too much of a, a situation. But, yeah, I was surprised to hear Earl Hebner's name on WWE TV again. Um, you know, following that, you know, obviously we had uh, the Stone Cold Stoner and AJ Styles, who AJ sold like a million bucks. He sells everything like a million bucks. But um, definitely sold it better than uh, than Elias uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, as well as Shane McMahon a couple of weeks before that. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, we also saw uh, the Viking Raiders get uh, moved into a more prominent place other than that, uh, quote-unquote, first match back from commercial break killing some jobbers. <laughs> the Viking Raiders finally made it to the main event of Raw, as did Cedric Alexander and Robert Roode, which to me is good for all four men because, I mean, ever since they've been, you know, announced to be on the main roster, you know, ever since the, these guys jumped from NXT to the main roster or in Cedric Alexander's case, 205 Live to the Raw roster, their TV time's been obviously up and down and fluctuated quite a bit. Uh, but, you know, again, it's I, I felt like it was good uh, to see uh, all four men in, in a good spot, main event of Raw. Dolph Ziggler's been there before. Seth Rollins has been there before. Braun Strowman's been there before. AJ the Club. They've, they've been there before. But then, you know, you, you took four guys. Again, you had a tag team. You had Cedric Alexander, who, you know, obviously, you know, coming off the win of that 10-man tag has now earned himself a, a United States uh, championship match for Class of Champions, which we will talk about in the predictions after we take the break. But, um, yeah, man, it, it, I mean, you know, at first I, I was kind of shaky on what they were doing with this uh, Cedric Alexander project. But, you know, if they're going to involve more people and uh, get move more chess pieces so to speak and build more stock with other guys get more uh character development going i'm, I'm not I'm, I'm all for it you know what i mean i'm all for it it can't be seth braun and aj every week and i love all three but they can't you know carry the show every week and you know expect us to be you know cheering for new superstars that they're creating but they're not putting in the work to to, to develop them you know what i mean so again you know good luck um i gotta bring this up because to me it's hilarious Bray Wyatt has been trolling the WWE Universe for what seems like, what, three episodes now? 
uh, first we had the episode where he was addressing the Hell in a Cell uh, match rumors, and uh, which I thought was hilarious because he had like the the reemergence of that uh, that Vince McMahon puppet, I guess, or doll or whatever you want to call him. And uh, I loved how he said, "But but I've been making lots of these for you." And he pulls out money and he's like feeding the money to Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon is just eating the money. I thought that was hilarious because for those that know, they know. I mean, they released like a special uh, like set uh, for the Firefly Funhouses. You know, it came with like stickers and all kinds of other stuff. But it was on the WWE shop, uh, I think about a month ago, but it sold the F out, man. And obviously, you know, you can't even, you know, uh, watch Raw without a Muscle Man shirt on or... <laughs> Uh, White's gym, or you know, you, you see the the t-shirts out there. You see the masks are getting sold out. Um, so it's just you know, I thought it was just a cool little play on things. And you know, Bray's usually not one of those guys that can get away with like fourth wall stuff. So it was kind of cool to see that. Um, but then moving on from there, you know, uh, last week or no, no, I'm sorry, uh, 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 this week, uh, this past Monday, you know, we had uh, you know, the episode where Abby. Uh, the witch and her clock is broken, uh, is stuck on 316, and she's complaining to Bray Wyatt about it. Uh, about it. And, uh, you know, Bray essentially gets the mallet, and then I thought it was uh, a cool little throw throwback where you got Ramblin' Rabbit. So, oh, no, not this again, dude. <laughs> because if those who remember, uh, Ramblin' Rabbit got pretty much like, he, he he whacked him with a mallet. It was like whack-a-mole, except with, uh, with Ramblin' Rabbit last time, so... I thought it was a cool little throwback to that moment. But then he smashes Abby's clock, and it goes from 316 to 1119. Now, like I said, he's been trolling. We knew Austin was in the building that night. It's MSG. The Fiend has been making quite a bit of noise by taking out uh, some top-tier legends. Uh, so a lot of people thought this was going to be his time to shine, especially at a place like MSG. Um, I personally don't know if Stone Cold would have allowed it i mean when you think about it stone cold's character has been pretty much protected like ever since he like he walked away from the ring he's never really like taken anything lying down he's never been attacked he's never you know been on the receiving end of anything if anything he's been you know opening opening up cans of verbal whoop ass and physical whoop ass and doing spots here and there so i mean i could see where maybe there was probably something talked about but they didn't want to they didn't want to do it they didn't want to, um, whether that's that's uh, creative, that's Vince, or that's uh, Steve uh, Austin, where, you know, maybe they thought it was going to affect the way his character looked, which is it's crazy, you know what I mean? Like I said, I can't think of a more uh, protective character that's, you know, left WWE since. I mean, The Rock, he pretty much, I mean, no one's going to break his line of defense when it comes to his character. He, he does what he does. But uh, so a lot of people thought the 316, man, we were going to get an attack. But then when it went to 11:19, and for those that know, you know, that was another tease. A lot of people, you know, who didn't know that Undertaker was scheduled to be at the second MSG show for SmackDown, I immediately was like, I don't see why they can't, you know, schedule uh, an attack. You know, I mean, especially for someone like Undertaker who is, you know, still quote-unquote active on the roster, but he's not there every week, every month, and doesn't need to be when he shows up at special so it's like, if he would have attacked Undertaker, it would have made sense that we wouldn't have seen the Undertaker for quite some time. It would have added some much-needed stock to the quote-unquote former new face of fear, um, you know, in Bray Wyatt or The Fiend in this in this case. And, I mean, 
to be honest, like, I wouldn't have minded seeing, you know, Attack, not seeing The Undertaker for a while. Maybe The Fiends in the Royal Rumble. And then we hear the gong. And then either Undertaker costs in the Royal Rumble or some sort of situation in the Royal Rumble, right? Which would lead up to a match between the two at WrestleMania. Um, but again, you know, and, and, and again, for those who don't understand the 1119 thing, Undertaker debuted officially as the Undertaker for WWF November 19th, 1990. So 1119, November 19th, you know, it's right there, right in front of you. But uh, fear not, because uh, for those that were actually in attendance at the MSG show on Tuesday, got a nice treat as uh, The Fiend made an appearance. I don't know if this was like a dark match, even though I feel like any time that The Fiend makes an appearance is a dark match. Uh, it's just, that's just how it is. It's just dark. Um, but uh, made quick work of the B team. So even though we didn't get an on-screen, on-air attack at all, or an appearance from The Fiend, we did, uh, you know, uh, off the air, uh, like I said, they were still able to uh, continue building his character. Uh, interesting enough that he went against the B-team with his brother being Bo Dallas. Don't know if they touched on that at all. They usually don't. But, uh, you know, who knows? You know, in, in this time of uh, of wrestling, you know, weirder things has happened, man. But um, and l- l- let me uh, get into SmackDown, too, man, uh, because since I'm already here, um, dude, kudos to Eric Rowan, man. If battering Roman Reigns and putting Daniel Bryan through a table last week was supposed to be the preview to the movie that is Eric Rowan, then this Tuesday night had better been the extended trailer on Red Band, I suppose, because Rowan looked like a freaking beast. He looked impressive. He looked formidable. And more importantly, he looked unstoppable from, I mean, everything he was doing. He, I mean, Again, you don't really see a lot of the superstars, you know, their, their playground usually is like the ring, the the rampway, a little bit of the staging. Sometimes they'll make their way to the announce table and other times they'll make it backstage, right? But you hardly see, you know, a wrestler or a performer, you know, kind of bring to life the equipment, if that makes sense. You know, they had that uh, that uh, that camera that was right there. And you got, you know, Rowan's tall ass, you know, he he grabs it, brings it down and swings it right directly into the face of Roman Reigns, as well as oncoming security, uh, who all just scrambled and fell on the ground, even though uh, Roman took the brunt of it. But um, I liked what it was supposed to supposed to look like. I, I mean, I, I mean, it, it was also I mean, if you want to call it a throwback to the first initial attack on Roman Reigns where. Again, use that backstage equipment and that staging equipment, whatever, to try to, like, you know, pretty much, like, uh, take them out. So, I mean, this isn't, uh, you know, far-fetched from that, but I definitely didn't see them putting that amount of juice in the hands of Eric Rowan. So, um, you know, again, I was on the Moti podcast, and we did a little bit of predictions for Clash of Champions on there, which, again, I'll get into when we, uh, you know, jump uh, back from the, the break and whatnot, but... I mean, you know, I, I did put my stamp on Eric Rowan to win his match with uh, Roman Reigns. I mean, this is before we saw SmackDown, so I'm doubling down on that one. I mean, especially now that we know that those actions of Rome, of uh, Eric Rowan rather has now uh, forced a no-disqualification uh, stipulation for that match. So definitely, um, I'll I be like this, man. I'm uh, very intrigued with the way they're going to Rowan uh, right now. 
But I want to know what they're going to do with Roman post-Roman Reigns. Because I feel like they're in the very early stages of doing something special with Roman. But if, I mean, is the WWE Universe going to care about what Roman does after Roman? Or is Roman's involvement in this match the only thing that's piquing interest, you know? Um, obviously, you know, I would I would say it's on Eric Rowan and uh, to make us believe all the hype when it comes down to it this Sunday. And again, I guess I'm just worried like, okay, so after Roman, where, where does he go? Is it him and Daniel maybe? And then even if after that, where does it go? I mean, I just don't want to see, you know, this building of this new guy. They're putting so much stock behind him. I just don't want to see it just, you know, start to, you know, deteriorate and just dissipate slowly. Um, I mean, I would have to think that someone like Lars is almost close to coming back, possibly. Maybe there could be some money in uh, Lars versus Rowan. Or maybe if they teamed up. Who knows, man? But, you know, only time will tell. Um, but to me personally, seems like a blueprint for greatness. Um, but speaking of, bru- <laughs> speaking of blueprints, as we're, uh, we're on the subject, man, um, we got some comments regarding Sasha Banks and everyone else. She's uh, been back in blue with the blue hair. Uh, you know, Angelo Dawkins made it a point to confirm that blue is definitely her color. And uh, but uh, there's been a floating nickname going around. And, and, you know, it's funny because I thought about this when I heard it. Didn't know if this is something that Sasha was doing or if it was more uh, being instructed by the commentary. But they've been calling her the blueprint lately. And Matt Morgan has not been too happy about it. Well, I wouldn't say he's not too happy, but this is what he said. Quote, here's the thing. It's cool that she wants to use it, but she could have easily DM'd me and said, quote, hey, dude, I have blue hair now. I want to use the blueprint. And it's not like she doesn't know me. The girl works out at the same gym I do here in Orlando. There's a poster hanging in the gym of me that says blueprint Matt Morgan. (laughs) And uh, this is, of course, of a wrestling Inc. uh, podcast that reported this. Uh, Interesting enough, you know, um, I mean, especially if he's saying that he's Caesar and they work work out at the same place. And there's a poster with this man's face on it with the words, which I'm pretty sure is from like a, you know, TNA uh, impact wrestling like promo thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, you can just take stuff, uh, and use it. Um, have you heard of Ric Flair, who's, uh, putting up quite the lawsuit together right now? So, uh, interesting enough to hear that, uh, these nickname controversies that keep piling up, one for Becky Lynch, which is not really her fault at all. This is more between Ric Flair and WWE. But then we, now we got the, the inclusion of, uh, Matt Morgan weighing in on the quote unquote blueprint nickname that was, I, again, I, I didn't know it was going to be an official thing. I heard them try to get it over like they do most things. Um, but, yeah, I guess uh, this couldn't be I – mean, I don't know. This could even, you know, with the fact that he publicly spoke on it, I mean, that could even be a reason why they go in another direction and not even double down on it. But who knows? Maybe – I don't even know if Man Morgan owns the intellectual property for that nickname or if maybe that's uh, more Impact Wrestling or TNA at the time. And who knows, man, because I know that they – Obviously, WWE acquired some of the TNA's libraries, so he could even be in some of those, some of that footage, and they own it. You know what I mean? So who knows? They could possibly still be able to use that nickname, uh, but who knows? You know. Now, uh, speaking of trying to get 
nicknames over on commentary, and this is not uh, a legit segue, but it's the only way I can get to it before I get to the the final two things I wanted to get into, which was the King of the Ring uh, tournament finals as well as uh, NXT developments. But uh, this is not a small thing to talk about or, or glance over. It seems that uh, WWE will be moving Michael Cole from uh, WWE Raw, Monday Night Raw, which is he's been on there for what, probably more than 10 years. Um, he will be now be on a SmackDown uh, commentary team. And taking his place, surprisingly, will be uh, Vic Joseph. And I say surprisingly because I'm surprised that they're going to have him take uh, Michael's spot instead of uh, Corey. And I say that because for those that remember, uh, Corey Graves actually uh, was, I think he was on vacation or something. They had, it was that episode of Raw where Jerry Lawler was there taking his place. And then Vic Joseph had to come out and take Lawler's place then after he was attacked by The Fiend. Um, I honestly love the chemistry between Renee, Vic Joseph, and Michael Cole. They, I thought it was good. It was honestly a little bit... Uh, What's the word? Uh, it was it was a little bit relieving to not have to like, you know, listen to uh, Renee and Corey Graves go, you know, freaking go at each other's throats all the time. I mean, yeah, I mean it works, you know, sometimes, but sometimes to me it's too much in a three hour block, you know. Um, not to mention, I feel like Corey Graves' character is better placed on SmackDown where he can, I don't want to say bully, but he, you know, he kind of bullies, uh, uh, you know, what's his name, Byron. And, um, you know, Tom down there, Tom Phillips, who's also great at what he does. So, but, you know, huge shout out to Vic Joseph, man. Again, I mean, I, I talked about him. Uh, I actually talked about it a couple couple episodes ago with him being on Raw. Like, it's crazy because the first time we saw him was at the NXT Riverside show. And, I mean, to see him go from there to being like a house, kind of, he had like kind of like a house DJ type of role, right? <clears throat> like a house DJ kind of role, right? So, like, to see him come from that and then go from, like, the main events to the 205 Live to a little bit of NXT to even now, you know what I mean, to now he's uh, he's officially going to be moved to one of the, obviously, the, what, what, what do they call it, the uh, the flagship show of WWE. So, congrats to him, man. Um, and, again, it looks like WWE is going overtime on trying to change things around uh, following their uh, announcement of uh, moving to Fox for SmackDown as well as NXT going to USA, I believe, next by next Wednesday. Uh, but yeah, man, um, like I just had to shine some light on that because, you know, who would have thought that Michael Cole was going to uh, leave uh, Monday Night Raw anytime soon, right? So, uh, but yeah, let's get into the King of the Ring semifinals, man. Uh, Monday had a triple threat between Ricochet, Samoa Joe, Baron Corbin. That was phenomenal. Three different athletes, three different styles, three different ingredients to make a great combination as far as the action in a triple threat and keeping up the entertainment factor for the fans and also upkeeping the importance of the match too, man. There was a lot of close calls. There's a lot of great action. Um, Baron Corbin being, you know, more of the, the, the heel, but less is more and he could care less about the flashy stuff. Ricochet, total opposite underdog use, utilizes his athleticism to, you know, to do those flashy moves and, and, you know, gain momentum and then you got a guy like Samoa Joe, no nonsense, but, you know, super duper uh, aggressive, uh, pushes the pace. So, again, three different styles, three different uh, athletes. It, it was a great match. It was a great match. And I kind of knew that Baron Corbin was going to take this. Um, I don't know. It was just weird. I felt like there was no need to do a triple threat if Baron Corbin wasn't 
going to win, right? Um, I mean, because you look at the three guys involved in the triple threat, it's like how do you move one guy up, keep the other two down without and, – and still keeping everyone looking strong, right? So uh, classic, you know, Ricochet hits the move, gets thrown out the ring, Baron Corbin comes in and steals the pin – you know, Ricochet doesn't look like a chump. He just he got caught on the wrong day, the wrong night, and he could have, you know, he needed to keep eyes in the back of his head, right? So, uh, you know, no issue there, not not at all. Um, and then we get into SmackDown, and it's been uh, brought to our attention that Elias actually has an injury, um, which was a broken ankle, which is crazy. Um, but uh, and and obviously highly unfortunate for for Elias because obviously he was working his way through the finals or the semis. Uh, of the King of the Ring tournament on the SmackDown bracket side. But um, it's, this leads me to believe, because, you know, for those that may have not watched, we had Shane come in, talk to Chad Gable, who was the other opponent in that match, tell him that, you know, Chad essentially thinking he's going to get a buy. Shane kind of fires him up and says, you know, well, you don't want to buy. You want to earn this chance, right? This is this is what you're about. You, you want to compete, right? Uh, I'm going to talk to Elias about a formidable... Uh, Formidable substitution, you know, it could be anybody, it could be someone that already lost, it could be someone from Raw, it could be someone from SmackDown, it could be someone from NXT, who knows? And as soon as he said that, I was like, bruh, it's going to be you. It's going to be you. And, and, and I, I just knew it. Um, and it ended up being Shane. But the twist was that he employed Kevin Owens using the lure of getting rid of that $100,000 fine he racked up on quote-unquote attacking Elias the official at the time as the bait to try to get him in as the special guest referee for this match between Shane McMahon, Chad Gable to determine who was going to be moving on to the finals of the uh, King of the Ring tournament. Of course we all saw this coming. Um, As far as uh, Kevin Owens, you know, I I saw it a little bit different. I mean, again, it leads me to believe that this was always kind of be part of the plan, but they had to like maneuver some some things because they still needed to get the the same end result to contribute more to the story, keep it going forward. You know, weeks to come, uh, primarily talking between uh, KO and uh, Shane McMahon because it's weird. We haven't seen Shane on TV for some bit, and the same could be said about Kevin Owens as well. Um, so we had them both on on TV this week, and. Uh, <laughs> I, honestly, the ending was was genius because they made it where, you know, it, it essentially isn't KO's fault. He He's there to be an official and do his job, right? Quote, unquote, correctly. But then you get, uh, you know, Chad Gable beating uh, Shane McMahon out of nowhere with the Chaos Theory German suplex. And, like, <laughs> Kevin counted regularly. Uh, I mean, as far as, like, the, the pace of the count, no fast count, but Shane couldn't kick out. Shane's mad. He's looking at, at KO. He's like, dude, you didn't kick out. What do you want me to do? Uh, he gets on the mic, announces that it's a two out of three falls match now. So then we get to the next fall where Chad Gable submits Shane McMahon with an ankle lock. Two straight, back to back. And again, KO, the referee. He's not making any counts. He's just asking. He, all he's doing is simply asking him if he gives up. Is he going to tap out? And Shane taps. What is he supposed to do? What's the guy to do? You know, uh, calls for the bell. You know, there's some back and forth uh, going on between, you know, KO and Shane. 
Then you got Shane attacking uh, KO from behind. Pretty much uh, taken off on him. Stole on him, if you ask me. But then he brings him in close and tells him he's fired. But this is this is this is where I, I gotta I gotta you know put my hand up because look man <laughs> and I've been talking about this for some time. Isn't it highly interesting that before Shane quote unquote fired Kevin Owens, he attacked a WWE official? Hmm? Anybody else uh, follow that? Definitely draws the the question of if uh, Shane will be fined in future weeks to come. That's all I'm saying. I've been dancing on that possibility for the last couple of weeks. Looks like they've been listening uh, listening to the Quincy Jones show as per usual. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm thinking we may get something. We may get something like that coming in the, in the next coming weeks. But uh, to finish off the Qu- King of the Ring talk, I did have to bring this up because I was pretty critical a couple weeks ago. Actually, it's about a, a month ago because uh, he hasn't been seen in a, on TV in a month. But I was pretty critical of uh, WWE's choice to have Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre in the opening round of the King of the Ring tournament. But it, it has now come to my attention that Drew, in fact, took that L due to needing a minor surgery to fix a nagging injury that he, uh, I'm guessing management thought it would be, look, let's just get, you know, get this done sooner than later and then we can get you back sooner than later, you know, so... Um, no word on, you know, whether or not, you know, what the injury actually was, if the procedure already have taken place or not. Uh, also, there's no timetable when we will see Drew back on TV. Um, but it does explain why, again, you know, he has been absent from WWE TV for the last month or so. So um, if there is truth to this, definitely wishing uh, Drew McIntyre a uh, quick, uh, you know, uh, recovery rate as uh, I, I mean, Definitely was one of my favorites to to win the King of the Ring. I mean, why not, right? Um, and speaking of injuries, I have to put an update, much needed update, on this Casey Cantanzaro case. I uh, first regurgitated the report about Casey being somewhat uh, forced to call it quits in NXT due to a career-altering uh, injury. Since then, Ricochet, actually the day after I released the, the episode, Ricochet has since came out to dismiss that news that Casey is injured at all and instead gave a more, uh, I don't want to say a blanketed statement, but it wasn't really specific, but re- regarding Casey's future. So th- this is what he said, quote, she's still with the company. She's not retired at all. And she's not injured. It's a tough sport and we're all hurting, but there is nothing wrong with her. I don't know if she'll wrestle again. She's very family oriented and she wants kids. So she doesn't know if being on the road so much is for her. For me, I'm already too deep. I'm on the road all the time. She loves wrestling, and she loves it here, and she's so good at it, so it's a very tough decision for her. So, I mean, again, apologies for any misinformation that's spread out there, but this is coming straight from Ricochet, who is obviously Casey Cannonzaro's uh, current boyfriend. Um, so, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know what else I could say here. I mean, you know, at first it was reported about the injury. Now it's there is no injury, so, you know, take what you will. Um, you know, obviously we got this information and this quote straight from the horse's mouth. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be going with Ricochet on this one. I mean, I, to be honest, I really hope, uh, she figures out what she wants to do again, you know, great potential, but you know, if she has other plans, uh, for herself and her head for the next five to 10 years and it doesn't include throwing herself on wood and concrete and getting paid for it every night, then I mean, you know, and then canvas and all that stuff, then, you know, 
there's no shame in, 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 in reconfiguring your, your future, man. I mean, it is your, your body's health, your mental health as well. And, uh, your time away from family and being on the road. So, uh, again, uh, shouts go out to, uh, Casey and hope, uh, you know, she figures everything out that she needs to. Um, and before we get into the break, man, let's get into some much needed NXT news. First and foremost, man, um, there has been uh, talk as far as WWE not putting on a takeover event for NXT during Royal Rumble weekend. Instead, they will be doubling up on the uh, World's Collide tournament that they first featured, I believe, earlier this year, which the concept is Worlds Collide, any athlete from the 205 Live brand, NXT brand, Raw brand, SmackDown brand, uh, NXT, NXT UK as well. Uh you know, pretty much you would see uh, a clash of different talents that you wouldn't normally see anywhere else because, you know, they keep all these brands separate unless, you know, there's a few talents that jump from brand to brand here and there. But, um, you know, all of it was like a huge tournament type of deal for uh, uh, a shot at a uh, championship of their picking, their choosing. So um, it is interesting to see that this is what they're going to be doing during Royal Rumble weekend when... To be honest, one of the my favorite parts about the big four that they still run, you know, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series, is the inclusion of the NXT brand that Saturday before the big show because they usually put on quite a show. Uh, we went to War Games last year during Survivor Series weekend and then went to Survivor Series the, the night after. And two different products, that's all I'll say. Two different products, but enjoyed both for different reasons, right? Same with the Royal Rumble, same with WrestleMania, like... You know, so it's 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 kind of weird to think that they're gonna actually do, uh, you know, a, a, a Royal Rumble weekend without NXT having their takeover show. It's gonna be a little bit different this year. But um, speaking about things being a little bit different for NXT, it is being said officially that the 205 Live show will be coming to an end, and the exclusive roster for 205 Live will now be combined. With the NXT roster, and this is something I've been, I mean, not even just me, but myself, Doc, uh, Mark McFly, we've been saying for quite some time, it just didn't make sense to make their own show. It made sense at the time with all the, you know, the hype and the popularity, you know, behind the the, the tournaments back to back. But to produce a whole entire show around 205, you know, one style of wrestling and you only have one belt, uh, you know, and not to mention it was in front of a live crowd before the, the, the main roster shows go on. It was never a good look to me. I always felt like they would have done better at, at a full cell uh, type of uh, environment and audience size. Um, and, you know, this time around, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get that experience to see how it works out. I mean, I always thought before they came out with the North American Championship that maybe the Cruiserweight Championship should have been, uh, you know, one of their secondary titles or, you know, mid-card titles. I mean, they have so many different athletes of different sizes of different capabilities and, and abilities. Uh, it just made sense to me. So, um, you know, with everything uh, changing right now in the landscape of WWE, you know, SmackDown going to Fox, uh, different commentators now, uh, NXT coming to USA, you know, it seems that we're going to be adding more firepower to the NXT roster in the form of the Cruiserweights. So um, interested to see how that works out. But, um, there was word while that, you know, they did announce that they were will be doing a Worlds Collide, uh, you know, tournament in place of a takeover during Royal Rumble weekend. It is being reported that WWE looks to possibly run takeover events opposite of AEW uh, pay-per-views. I mean, if, and for those that know, you know, AEW, they've been using Saturdays as their pay-per-view dates. 
uh, ever since All In. So, and, you know, NXT, they always run on uh, Saturday nights as well. So that should be interesting as well. Definitely uh, healthy as far as competition goes. Um, definitely looking forward to see how the breakdown. Definitely looking definitely looking forward to see how the breakdown goes as far as viewership on that. Um, and the wars, uh, you know, ensues on, <laughs> I guess, man. But um, uh, as far as NXT this week, loved it. Um, this was the last taping that I spoke about a couple weeks ago when we had quite a bit of uh, spoilers to the report here as far as the tapings for NXT uh, in the next couple weeks. This is the last one. Uh, we did see Johnny Gargano basically tell everybody he's staying in NXT, which, again, I figured that that's what was going to be the whole deal. Uh, it, you know, it, it pays to have a baby face like Johnny Gargano, to be featured on on USA TV while, you know, in the beginning stages of trying to, uh, you know, transfer from being on the network to live TV, which, as we learn now, the first hour will be on USA and the second hour will be still on the WWE Network, which is kind of confusing to me. I think they're going to lose a couple people doing that. But, you know, because I feel like not everyone that watches wrestling on USA and on TV uh, actually pays and owns the uh, the network. So, we shall see. But at the same time, when you think about it, those who, you know, just what I said, those who watch, you know, the main roster shows may not even have access to NXT, may not even know what it is. But now that it's going to be on the same network as Raw, maybe that first hour, they're like, oh, man, this is kind of cool. And then they're like, wait, you could watch the second hour on NXT, uh, you know, the, the the network. Now they're they're bringing traffic to the network. We'll see how effective that is. I just know in, in the past, anytime it was like a, Hey, it's going to be here. But then for the second hour, go here. It, you know, we, we live in a time where a lot of people won't even like vote for you online, even if it's like a, a one click process because it takes them outside of the app that they're currently on. You know, so attention spans are a little bit wavering at the moment, but this is a new boom for wrestling. A lot of people are excited for this stuff. So we'll have to see how that works out, man. But we did get uh, Johnny Gargano saying he's standing in NXT. Super kick to Shane Thorne. By the way, why not Shane Thorne, Rhea Ripley? Uh, Bronson Reed and Buddy Murphy become a thing. Just saying. I know all the Aussies, but hey, all of them are different, uh, different types of athletes, and they're they could be a force to reckon with if they all actually teamed up like that, man. But um, we did get the uh, confirmation of Velveteen Dream defending the North American Championship against Roddy Strong on the first episode of NXT on USA, which is uh, next Wednesday, I believe, it was what, September eighteenth. Um, we also did get a confirmation of a fatal four-way that will be happening on the network, uh, which will uh, help determine the new number one contender for Shayna Baszler's NXT Women's Championship. And that's between uh, Candice LeRae, Io Shirai, Mia Yim, and uh, Bianca Belair. I'm, to be honest, I'm hoping that, that that's a Bianca Belair or a Candice LeRae type of win. I'm tired of seeing Candice wrestle with Io Shirai, even when she said to Regal last night, if, I, if it means I can get my hands on EO, I don't care how many people you put in the match. Like, no. No, you should care. Because why are you worried about EO Shirai when you have never even touched gold yet in this in this company? You've been here almost, what, a year and a half, and we've never even seen you get close. Um, I don't know. It's just a little bit frustrating. You know, it's like when they, you know, it's when they bring somebody in and they don't really do a whole lot with that person. It's It, it, gets, it gets pretty frustrating, man. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm not against Bianca, you know, trying to get her... Uh, return to the the golden uh square there you know trying to get back on top so uh we also got word that possibly we may have a tag team championship match between uh undisputed era and uh street profits unless it's going to be like a qualifying match for them on contendership we did get a promo from them uh one of the things i did enjoy 
from uh, the Johnny Gargano promo is how he said he was NXT for life. Spelled out the N, the X, and the T, and it was just obviously, you know, so WCW slash, you know what I mean, like old school with the four and the life. I thought that was really awesome. Um, I don't know if they, you know, that was something they, that he did off top, something they let him do, something they talked to, you know. It's not like they don't own NWL, right? But I just thought it was very creative, uh, especially for like a promo for Johnny. We usually get the same kind of promo from Johnny. Um, not, not on like a John Cena level, but, you know, we usually get the same fire from him. So I thought this was real creative, real, real cool. Uh, allowed him to connect with the fans a little, you know, on another level as usual. Uh, he's always, you know, doing what he does. So I just thought it was cool little, cool little deal. But, um, yeah, man, we ended uh, NXT with a uh, terrific match between Rhea Ripley and uh, Shayna Baszler. Uh, obviously, you know. Looking forward to see where this goes. You know, we got the the DQ uh, loss uh, when Rhea Ripley used the steel chair on Shayna Baszler, even though Shayna brought it in. You know, that same old uh, adage is you know we've seen before. Effective, you know, uh, gives heat to the the heel for the win. And but you know the fans want to see the chair getting swung on. So yeah, man, we we got we got that. But I, I'm definitely interested in seeing more of Rhea Ripley in NXT. Uh, she obviously uh, didn't win the match, so she is not going to be uh, added to that fatal four-way. At least, you know, we never know. You know, with uh, Regal, he's always making moves, uh, even if it's on TV or not. We got to check the Twitter sphere, man. We got to see what he's doing on the Twitter machine. He could be like, well, due to the fact that, you know, uh, Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir interfered in the match, you know, we're gonna, under consideration. <laughs> Who knows, man? But uh, to be honest, I'm hoping that they keep it at four. I think those four solid uh Rhea I'm looking forward to seeing what she does in the division uh you know in the f- into the future I'm hoping this is not the end that we see of her in the NXT women's division but uh we did end the night with a pretty solid uh promo from uh Undisputed man you know we got three out of four guys with gold around their waist again doubling down I'm betting on Roddy man I'm really hoping he brings that that championship home so we can finally finally get the prophecy fulfilled and that, my friends, is not a fact. That's not even an opinion. That is undisputed. Now let's take a break. Hey, what's going on, you guys? It's Quincy Jones Go from the Quincy Jones Show podcast. I just want to take a little bit of time out to shine some light on you guys. That's right, the fans, the listeners. The reason why we not only keep this show going on a weekly basis, but we try to keep it as entertaining as we can on a weekly basis. So again, wanted to reach out with a huge thank you from the KJS crew. Let you guys know that we not only appreciate your feedback, but we also appreciate the lovely support you've had for us the last couple of years. You've been rocking with us for a while, and I definitely want to extend the opportunity for you guys to give us your honest feedback. All you got to do is hit us up at the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. Maybe you have a suggestion for the show, a new segment maybe. Maybe you like the way we uh, delivered something. Maybe you thought we could address something a little bit better. Definitely hit us up, the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. Again, if you maybe you have a, a suggestion for a superstar we can get over for the How to Get Over segment. Or if you're a guest that is giving back to the wrestling culture right now and would like to be on the show, hit us up, the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. Furthermore, if you're an uh, up-and-coming wrestler, maybe a, a, a former wrestler who's just been released, maybe you're an up-and-coming uh, a wrestling promotion opening up and you need us to come and commentate, you know we got that dope-ass commentary. Again, hit us up. 
thequincyjoneshow at gmail.com. And I want to also urge you guys to not only uh, share and like and everything on SoundCloud and CastBox, but don't forget to review us on iTunes and don't forget to recommend us to your friends on Facebook. Again, appreciative of all the feedback and support. If you have any questions, hit us up, thequincyjoneshow at gmail.com. Go. Welcome to the Quincy Jones Show, featuring the best damn commentary team on the planet. Quincy Jones and Doc Lesnar. Is he the third man? He's the third man. What the hell is going on here? Hey, what's going on, you guys? We are back, and let's get into much-needed predictions here. This Sunday, it will be live from the WWE Network, WWE Present Clash of Champions. And let's get into it, man. Um... We have uh, first, uh, and I don't know if this is going to be the order, but usually this is how it goes pertaining to whether it's the pre-show, placement on the main show, top to bottom. It's going to be more or less something like this, right? So um, first up, we have uh, Drew Gulak, current uh, WWE uh, Cruiserweight Champion, uh, defending the Cruiserweight Championship against Umberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado of the Lucha House Party. Um, I will admit I have not been following 205 Live lately. To know why this match uh, culminated at all, why it's a triple threat match, um, I wouldn't have been mad if it was maybe a fatal four way. Uh, you know, at uh, Loney or I'm sorry, Oni Lorkin. Um, I know he's been, uh, you know, doing some um, damage with uh, Drew Gulak as of late as well. Um, but yeah, we we got um, two newcomers uh, getting their first championship uh, opportunities. In the form of 205 Live Action Cruiserweight Championship Gold, um, I would have to predict that it's going to be Drew Gulak. Um, only because I am part of the Gaba Gulak uh, uh, crew uh, and, and believers of, uh, you know, Drew Gulak being a, a strong proponent and bringing a better 205 Live. Um, but uh, I felt like he went through a lot to get to where he's at. I mean, he, uh, I believe it was at Stomping Grounds when he won the championship in a triple threat against Akira Tozawa. And uh, current then current champion Tony Nese, uh, he has since faced Tony Nese in the rematch, um, and we've seen uh, Drew Gulak, you know, in a few spells here on uh, NXT as well as Two Five Live, obviously defending the title. Um, it is interesting to figure out what they're going to be doing with the championship. You know, we did get uh, news earlier before the break that uh, Two Five Live will essentially, you know, kind of I don't want to say morph, but the the roster is going to be combined with the NXT. Uh, current roster don't know if that includes the title uh if they're going to bring the title with them as well i'm hoping that's going to be something or else this may be the last uh cruiserweight championship match that we see um for a while um but we have drew gulak defending the championship against umberto carrillo lince dorado both great uh athletes uh in lince and umberto in their own right um it, I don't know. I think, uh, like I said, Drew Gulak is just going to be the guy that night. I think he's going to be the one to get it done. He's going to be the one to bring home that gold. Still City Stretcher, we still got support for you out here. Gabba Gulak, what's good? Quincy Jones, what's good? Um, moving on. Uh, again, don't know if this is the actual, you know, match order, but this this is based on, uh, you know, I, I looked up the match card, and this, this is how it was listed. Um, so if you're going to get mad at anybody, get mad at CBS Sports. Anywho, uh we have Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, uh, who they desperately need a name. I don't know if it's like Blisted Sisters or Twisted Bliss or something, man. They, they need something. They can't just they like the time for them to like have a a real shady, steady uh, kind of uh, 
I should say shaky, not steady, a real shaky friendship. That time period has been dropped. I mean, it seems like they're on the same page, uh, Nikki and Alexa I'm talking about, but um, they're going to be taking on uh, a team that has a name, Fire and Desire, and that'll be uh, Mandy and uh, Sonya Deville. Sorry, her name escaped me for a little bit. But yeah, it, it'll be uh, Mandy uh, and Sonya Deville taking on the current women's tag team champions. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot from Fire and Desire and it could be just because I'm, you know, honestly not a huge fan of their dynamic. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the freaking music, man. I'm just not a fan of the Mandy. Sounds like Michael Bowden doing a score for like a 1980s porn. I don't, it's, it's crazy. I don't know. And the fact that the music is, that's the music they picked for. I mean, it's obvious. It, it sounds like porno music. <laughs> like, it sounds like straight up Cinemax, you know, after 12, like, straight up type shit. But, um, athletically, they're, they've been, they've come a long way, though. Um, the last time I seen these guys attentively, like, actually took notes on their performance was all the way back, I believe it was February for the Elimination Chamber, which they used to crown the inaugural WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, and uh, Sonya, De- uh, Sonya Deville and uh, Mandy uh, Rose were both part of that, um, and they, you know, let me rephrase, Sonya looked very impressive, Mandy looked a little bit terrified while she was in there, again, this is all the way, like, what, uh, seven months ago, so, again, I already, I already addressed it, Mandy has come a long way, Obviously, Sonya Deville, she, I mean, she already comes from a combat sports background. So, um, with those things being said, um, I'm not against the focus on Fire and Desire trying to get into the women's tag team division. They haven't been doing a great job at, at uh, featuring the tag team division for the women as a whole, uh, for the universe to want to actually care. I mean, I, I feel like there's a majority that want to care more than they do. And there was a point where we did. But just, I mean, everything that's happened, you know, whether you want to put it on Sasha Banks, the whole Bailey situation, the Iconics, whatever you guys want to, you know, call it. There's just been quite a bit of downfall um, and lack of focus uh, in, in terms of trying to build importance for that division since the inception of it earlier this year. But, uh, I mean, it's, I feel like this it's a problem when the 24-7 championship is more popular than the women's tag team championships. Um, that's that's just all. I'm not going to get into further than that because it's obviously suggestive and uh, people are going to have different opinions, but just based on the sole intentions of both championships, it you know, one is supposed to be groundbreaking and history making, and the other one is a reprise of an older, uh, you know, concept, you know. And uh, so I don't again, I just kind of judge it that way. But if you're going to get my predictions and I'm done jaw jacking about it, it's going to be Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross retaining the women's tag team championships only because I don't think they're going to go as long as they, they, they have. And they honestly have been uh, creating quite a bit of uh, popularity between their team. So I, I don't see the uh, WWE breaking that up anytime soon, though they're notorious for doing that. So, but yeah, I'm still going to lock it in Alexa bliss and Nikki cross. Uh, next, we have the SmackDown tag team championships on the line as the new day will defend against the revival. And I think it comes as no surprise for everyone that listens to this podcast to know that I am pro revival revival is going to win. And if they don't, they're going to win at some point. So they're going to be, uh, what two time champ. I mean, I know they've been raw tag team champions. Um, I believe they may have won them twice now possibly, but I know this would be their first time being SmackDown tag team champions. So, you know, I think the only other people that can say that besides new day 
and the bar would be the Usos, who seemingly are, you know, off TV right now, obviously, a little bit of punishment there due to the excessive uh, Samoan drinking there, but um, I'm going for the revival, man, and I'm going for the revival because I'm thinking that this new, uh, you know, uh, FTRKO, whatever they want to call themselves, I feel like they're going to, uh, you know, they're going to reign supreme this pay-per-view. That's that's all I'm going to say. We'll touch more on it when I get, you know, uh, you know, the championship matches and the main events uh, later in these predictions. But next up, we do have the Raw Tag Team Championships being defended. And, of course, there's a little bit of extenuating circumstances here. It'll be Seth Rollins, who is also the current WWE Universal Champion, and his partner Braun Strowman, who are current Tag Team Champions for the Raw Tag Team Championships, but they're also set to face each other as number one contender and champion for the Universal Championship later in the night. But how is all that going to come into play for this tag match? They will be taking on the first-time team of Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Um, it, it, I don't know. I mean, if it's up to me, I would give these titles to Dolph and Robert Roode. Um, Dolph has been there as a tag champion before. Obviously, we've seen with McIntyre. Robert Roode is no stranger to tag team wrestling. Um, and I mean, they both could use each other right now. Um, I'd say Robert could use Dolph a little bit more than Dolph could use Robert, but in terms of staying relevant and staying on TV and getting TV time, I'm not mad at it. You know, I've been wanting big, bigger things for Robert Roode for, uh, for quite some time. Um, he's a great a heel. Why they don't use that, uh, you know, to put him, uh, you know, in the in the world title picture whether on smackdown or or raw i mean i don't i have no idea even midcard we i mean we i think uh he's won the united states championship once but other than that we haven't seen a whole lot from robert Roode besides trying to uh, be one of the guys chasing at the 24 7 championship uh which is not where he needs to be but in terms of this tag team match i'm gonna lock it in new tag team champions dolph ziggler robert Roode. i just feel like they've been putting a lot of stock into them too uh just the past couple couple weeks and it's like for me, I would hope that they wouldn't, and you know, it's not safe to assume anything of WWE creative nowadays, but I, I would think that they wouldn't spend all that TV time trying to, you know, create this chemistry between them as an actual team if they weren't going to have them tag after this or at least get some titles. I mean, like the same thing again was done with McIntyre and Drew, or I'm sorry, McIntyre and Dolph uh, earlier this year. So, I mean, it's not like it can be done again. Um, again, I'm not mad at seeing Robert Roode back to prominent status. Uh, and, and especially if it's going to be in the tag team division. Again, a guy that's very familiar with tag team wrestling. So And, and the success that goes with tag team wrestling. So, you know, final answer. Dolph and Robert Roode, or as the internet has called them, Rudolph. And I'll just end on that. <laughs> um, next up, uh, again, you know, I mentioned earlier uh, before the break that uh, – Cedric Alexander earned himself a United States Championship opportunity at Class of Champions by uh, defeating uh, AJ in their 10-man tag match on Raw this past Monday. Um, I mean, there's not a real build here. You know, they beat him up the the week before, cost him his king of the ring, um, you know, match, a qualifying match to get to the the semis uh, against Baron Corbin. Um, And then, you know, fast forward to this week, you know, we had Cedric, uh, you know, who had a one-on-one with AJ, uh, wouldn't be able to finish the match, and then that led to the 10-man 
uh, not a whole lot of story to tell here, but uh, to be honest, I don't see Cedric walking out with the United States Championship, but I do see a hell of a match between the two. AJ's a great guy. He knows what he's doing, and he knows how to make people that are in the ring with him look great, especially a guy like Cedric Alexander, who obviously has been on the come-up for some time. Um, again, I don't believe that they're going to have the title change hands, and they're going to give the United States Championship to Cedric on this night. I think AJ... At least for me, being an AJ fan, I would sure hope that they're going to uh, allow him to keep that championship because that's probably, I mean, outside of getting stunned twice on Raw <laughs> and, uh, you know, the the club or the OC essentially having the tag straps taken from him from a team that's not even a team, just to build up for a, a class of champions, you know, main event and, and uh, mid-card main event. I, I'm, that's the one thing that's that's holding me strong and, and holding on to hope that they're still going to be terrorizing the rest of the Raw roster right there. Uh, I mean, because, you know, when you have the gold, you have the power, baby. You have the power. Um, you can make some power moves. Uh, moving on. Another mid-card championship uh, match. We have the Intercontinental Championship uh, being defended by current champ Shinsuke Nakamura, who will no doubt be uh, cornered by his uh, newest speaking uh, <laughs> tool. Uh, tool with emphasis uh, would be Sami Zayn, and he will be taking on... The Miz, and um, you know what, man? Short and sweet. I'm going to give this one to the to uh, the King of Strong Style, man. Only because we haven't seen Shinsuke defend that title in I don't even know how long. I mean, I couldn't even tell you the last pay-per-view he was on defending the title. Um, I, 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 Dude, I don't, I, I can't remember. I, th- I mean, I'm trying to remember who he, I know he beat Finn for the title. But since then, I don't even think we've had a, a rematch. I don't think we've had anybody step up and try to get a chance to that title i mean we did have a wwe creative tease ali uh in a few segments and he even got a win a clean win over shinsuke but you know that led to nothing except for him getting uh, eliminated uh in the king of the ring tournament um and again like i said we haven't seen shinsuke defend that title on a pay-per-view in a while and it seems like they're doing something totally new with the shinsuke uh character in the, in the direction they want to put him in i i mean i see shinsuke retaining um, and the thing is, a lot of people know I'm a Miz guy. I mean, I became a Miz guy with just, you know, having some uh, shred of respect, um, you know, and, and adulation for the accomplishments he's he's done in WWE and the fact that he's been here this long. Um, and, you know, you can't just count what he's done with the, the Intercontinental title. And a lot of people are hoping this is his, uh, I believe, going to be his ninth uh, Intercontinental Championship win to tie Chris Jericho, which if I'm a betting man and when it comes to the pettiness uh <laughs> level of WWE, I would think that they would have The Miz win this just so they can wipe Chris Jericho from the record books. Uh, But, again, I'm staying true, I'm staying strong, I'm going with Shinsuke Nakamura. Moving on, we have the only match on the card that's not for a championship on a pay-per-view called Class of Champions, go figure. But uh, it is definitely no slouch. It is uh, Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan, no DQ. I talked about it before the break, they made Eric Rowan look like a freaking unstoppable beast um on tuesday as if the tuesday before wasn't in any indication of uh how much juice they were going to give this man i mean you saw how much more juice they gave this man on tuesday uh with that said i i mean uh, you know again i was on the motu podcast on monday this is before i even saw what was going to happen on tuesday and uh you know continuous building up of the character for eric rowan I'm going for Eric, man. Uh, I don't see them putting this much uh, juice in, into a man's hands, uh, you know, like Eric Rowan, uh, without some sort of good payoff. Uh, why waste the time? Why waste the effort? You know, 
Uh, they've done it before with so many other people, and you would think they'd learn from their mistakes. So I'm thinking they think that they really have something going with Eric here. And to be honest, you know, watching what happened on Tuesday, you know, we'll never get a fair shot and see what his promo is. But I mean, everything he did meant something after. And he, when he was on the, on the attack, he was on the attack. You know, so uh, locking it in going for eric rowan and i would never say that i've never said that before but in this case no dq i feel like that favors rowan um though a lot of people are thinking that uh roman will be uh grabbing this win because uh, he did have such a great uh promo promoting uh the cure for uh or connor's cure and the cure for uh, finding the cure for cancer and all that on monday so everyone's thinking oh why would they do that and just have him lose he has to look good and strong in the eyes of the kids but i mean uh, this is wrestling man things Things come and go. Things, you know what I mean? This is no disqualification, too. So uh, I'm going to put my uh, my chips and dip on Eric Rowan on this one, man. Um, the last four matches we have here, uh, all championships, and um, pretty top-notch. We have uh, Bayley, current SmackDown Women's uh, Champion, defending against Charlotte Flair. And I got to be truthful. Bayley's been looking pretty good the last couple weeks. Um, I... You know, dug her match with Ember Moon just this past Tuesday. Of course, they had uh, Charlotte doing the, the you know the the old uh, classic where you know you have the opponent at ringside doing commentary, watching the match, a little bit of intimidation. Bailey comes up with the win. Then you had Charlotte walk in, try to give her the handshake. Bailey said, "No, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm out." Audi five thousand left her hanging. So that was an interesting character trait that we haven't really seen from Bailey in the past, but. Let's be real, man. I think it's time that the queen reclaims her throne. And to be honest, um, I'm not saying that Bailey's a bad champion. She's not. I just think that with Bailey as champ, there's been a lack of, of of lucrative competitors to build that reign of hers, um, if that makes sense. Um, but someone like Charlotte definitely could raise uh, her game, whether she retains or not. I mean, if she retains, it, it still makes Bailey look good. But to be honest, I'm betting on uh, the Queen reigning supreme. It's been a while since we've seen her. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that Charlotte's going to come back with the win here, man. Uh, hands down, Charlotte Flair. Woo! Uh, moving on, keeping in the same vein of women's wrestling, we also have the man. Uh, TM, copyright, registered, trademark. <laughs> uh, Becky Lynch uh, defending her Raw Women's Championship against... The new back in blue Sasha Banks, and I mean, not to echo the same sentiments, but I would have to think again with all the promos and the 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 building behind this return of Sasha. You know, dude, she wore uh she wore Natalia and um Becky Lynch out with that still chair her first night out. You know, um they got her coming back with a vengeance for some reason, right? And again, this is the first time in WWE TV, not NXT, not on the network, but WWE, that uh, Sasha has went full heel. They've teased it before. They had a little tumultuous uh, relationship between Bailey and Sasha, but, you know, they eventually worked it out. And they're still kind of in that same vein now. But Sasha has never turned full heel on WWE main roster. So I think the only thing missing, man, is, you know, that championship to go with it. But... Interesting enough is that she's wearing, you know, she has blue hair and Bailey has the, the, the women's championship that's blue that would better match. And then you got Bailey rocking a lot of red, 
but then you got Becky with the Raw Women's Championship that it's it's just weird, right? Like they should switch. <laughs> it should the whole thing should switch. But Becky versus Sasha is going to be a great match. I mean, it's it's awesome to see all four horsewomen facing each other. Um you know, in these championship matches, that class of champion. So, but I am going with the boss back in blue, Sasha Banks. Shout out to the Moti podcast. I think they'd be happy with that. Uh, moving on, we also have Kofi Kingston, and he will be defending the WWE Championship against Randy Orton. And look, dude, I'm not against Kofi. This whole reign has been monumental, uh, broke barriers, record breaking, history making, and I've enjoyed it, you know, but. I feel like it's time. It's time. It's about to be uh, almost six months now uh, since he's won the championship back in, uh, what, WrestleMania. So here's the thing. I, if, if Randy doesn't win it at Clash of Champions, I definitely see him winning it in a, like a Hell in a Cell match at Hell in a Cell in October, which, again, you know, if they're going to let Kofi hang on for six months, that's impressive. You know what I mean? When's the last time you had a guy hanging on to the WWE Championship for six months who was essentially was not a, a return uh, uh, a champion who was essentially a new name being thrown into the championship hat. So, I mean, again, no one could ever falter or, or, or downplay anything that Kofi was able to do and accomplish as champion. But I do think it's that time. And now, I mean, I'm going for Randy at Clash, but for whatever reason, that's not what happens. I, I definitely think that Randy's going to take it to hell in a cell if that's that's going to be the move. But, um, yeah, man, unfortunately, I will be going for Randy Orton on this one. It's not that I'm not a, a Kofi Kingston fan, but I really thought that their match at SummerSlam, that was going to be the one where Randy, you know, stake claim to, uh, you know, I, I just feel like he needs to he needs to get those numbers up, man. Randy Orton, like he he keeps getting kind of low key forgotten about when it comes to the Ric Flairs, the Triple H's, and the John Cena's because he hasn't had a championship. And I want to say maybe two years. I think the last time he had the championship is when he beat uh, uh, Bray Wyatt uh, at WrestleMania to uh, 2017. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, like I said, I just think that. Uh, you know, no, no, no uh, downplay on Kofi Kingston. I feel like he's done a lot. Um, I personally, I'm over the pancakes. He could still do the same thing with the New Day. Um, I, I think Randy Orton. Uh, and not to mention with SmackDown moving to Fox, what better than to have a third generation superstar from the ground up, Randy Orton, being a representative of that company moving to Fox? Um, it only makes sense. You know, they, you know, AEW has Chris Jericho, you know, freaking lifelong wrestling veteran professional and champion all under the sun representing their company right now as they're about to go to tv in october as well so i mean i don't know i don't, I don't want to call it tit for tat but it, it's smart business right it's definitely smart business um although with kofi still being champion you know you are bringing in a different demographic uh and, and i hate to say it, but that minority demographic for sure man um and you know a lot of minorities are one to watch sports, especially on Fox, ESPN. You know, a lot of people are catching Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, uh, NFL ticket, all this stuff, man. So, um, and, you know, obviously NBA, all across the board, not just NFL, you know what I mean? But um, I, anyways, I lock it in. Randy Orton, final answer. And to get to the last match here, we have Seth Rollins defending the Universal Championship against whether it's still his tag team partner slash champion or former tag team partner slash champion, we'll, you know, we'll have to wait to find out. Uh, but he will be taking on Braun Strowman. Um, I, I'm up in the air with this one. Um, when I was on the Moti podcast, we were arguing whether or not Braun Strowman would ever hold any type of main event gold, whether that's the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship. I don't see why he couldn't. I mean, look at the guy's size. It's like, he, I mean... <laughs> 
it, he looks like he could be champion, you know, but it's like weird because I mean, my, you know, if we're going by logic here in wrestling more times than not, sometimes just ignores that stuff. But I, you know, I was telling them like, even though I would love to see Braun as champion, it wouldn't make sense because you had Braun who couldn't beat Brock and got his ass whooped twice by Brock. Then you had Seth who beat Brock twice, didn't get, didn't whoop Brock's ass, but beat him twice only for him to get beat by the guy who couldn't beat the guy he beat twice. It sounds confusing, but you get what I'm saying. Like, it, it, you know what I mean? So it, it's weird, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm 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 gonna go I'm gonna go for the underdog. All, all the other matches, I've been just picking based on preference. I'm gonna go for the underdog in this one. I'm gonna go for Seth Rollins. I could see a situation where possibly some mix up in the tag championship match costs them their titles. Braun is pissed off about that, and it just builds more, uh, you know, uh, tension between the two leading up to their match. Where Braun, you know, we see how it goes when a bully makes too much mistakes, gets a little bit overconfident. That's when the, the smaller underdog, plucky underdog, could find a way, find the opportunity, find that little inch or mile of space where you can just get in there, get the job done, go home, leave the people home happy. So I'm, I'm going to go Seth Rollins on that one, man. Final answer, Seth Rollins to retain, man. Um, but, yeah, that's it, man. That's uh, going to be the predictions for Class of Champions, man. Uh, again, Quincy Jones, go. appreciate you guys for listening. Again, another week, another episode. We don't stop, man. And um, just a little bit of news, I will be on board in the next couple of weeks going to uh, Capital One Arena. Uh, I will be in D.C. live uh, to witness AEW live on TNT their first night. And I also will be uh, back in, uh, uh, in Baltimore um, November 9th because uh, I will be in attendance for uh, AEW's full gear as well. Um, lots of stuff going on. Like I said, big news to be bringing up pretty soon. Just want to lock everything down. Again, Grandma told me don't count the eggs before they hatch, and that's not what we do. Shout out to Grandma. You know I love you. Big Grandma's boy up here at the Quincy Jones Show. Uh, again, thank you for listening to the show. Shout out to everyone that's following uh, and, and sharing and rating. And I mean, definitely don't forget to grab your podcast anywhere you can grab them. That's anywhere we're going to be at, 100%. iTunes, uh, uh, Spotify, uh, Podbean, uh, uh I'm sorry, SoundCloud. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all this shit right now, man. Um, but we're everywhere. Uh, uh, CastBox as well. Uh, please don't be a stranger. Feel free to send us a message if you're interested in being on the show. If you have a suggestion for the show, if you have a question for the show, uh, I answer all the, uh, the messages we get on the Facebook page. And uh, just, you know, speaking of which, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms. That's facebook.com backslash The Quincy Jones Show. On Twitter, it's Quincy Jones Show. And on Instagram, it's The Quincy Jones Show. You can follow me at Quincy Jones Go. You can also hit us up in the email, Quincy, The Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com if you're a guest or you want to be a guest of the show if maybe there's something you want to contribute to the show or if you're maybe uh an artist that uh likes to dabble in wrestling or a rap or whatever it is and you like to you know talk to us about getting maybe some exposure maybe getting your song featured on the show hit us up the quincy jones show at gmail.com and also last but definitely not least if you need this golden voice over your tracks over your matches you need some grade a commentary from your boys Hit us up, the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. Don't be afraid to share the pages. Hit us with a five-star rating. Don't forget to uh, recommend us on Facebook. All that in between. We love you. We love the support. Again, 5,000 strong. Couldn't done it without you. Shout out to Doc. Shout out to Mark McFly. Hopefully, we're going to get an episode with everybody together pretty soon. Till then, top guy out. Hey.